Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. We came to the end of our Gracism series, just you know, just trying to be before God and, and see what, what, what felt the Holy Spirit stir me with. And, and yeah, I just felt, no, yeah, let's talk about wisdom. It's such an important thing. Uh, for us what is what does wisdom mean now, first i just want to do something of a bit of a general introduction to the idea to the to the theme um because it's one of those words that we all kind of yeah wisdom you know but what is it well it it's it involves intelligence but it's not academic intelligence you can have someone who's academically very intelligent has done very well at school and college and all the rest of it but really not very wise at all um, in fact, quite foolish. So it's a, it, it's an intelligence of sorts, but it's not necessarily something that you are born with or not. But it's something that you can build in to your life. It's all, it's, so there's a kind of a there's a skill element to it in the sense of something that you learn and that you grow into. Um, at, but when I've read the the different definitions, it's quite hard to pin down. Perhaps more as we talk about some of, the, as I describe some of the things around it, we'll be able to get a sense of grasp together of what we are uh, here talking about. Um, it's different from knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge is about the obviously just information. I guess you could say it's this: what you do with the information that you have, the choices that you make out of the information that you have, is one way of understanding wisdom. So, uh, for example, you know, the relational choices you make, if you look in the book of Proverbs, which is a big wisdom book in the Bible, talks a lot about the company you keep and different kinds of relationships with kings, with spouses, with friends, with family. Um, it's, it's that. So relational choices, uh, financial choices, what you do with your money, where you invest it, where you spend it, whether or not you save it. There's a lot of stuff around wisdom and financial choices. Uh, interestingly, what we were hearing from Vivian a moment ago, time. What you do with your time. I mean, wow, what an entrustment time is. Um, and what you choose to do with that, how, how we choose to spend that. There's a, lot of, there's, a, there's a lot to be said around that with regards to wisdom and to folly. And so maybe choice is a really important word for us to meditate on as I'm just introducing the subject what we choose to do with what we know, what we choose to do with what we have. Um, the Bible doesn't pretend that all of us are born with equal opportunities, doesn't pretend that all of us are born with the same situations, circumstances, even abilities. The Bible doesn't pretend that. We know that that's not the case. However, the Bible still expects that whatever we have been born with that we carry some sort of responsibility for and the bible never kind of removes personal responsibility for the choices we make from people whether rich poor um and obviously and, and old or young obviously there's there's there's, there's a point uh, of youngness uh, where you are not held responsible but there comes a point where you are where we all are responsible so this idea of choices what we do uh, as we face life is very important, which is encouraging because this was starting to come through in the contributions here. What do we do with what we do have? What do we do with what we do know? What do we do with what we do understand? 
What do we do with our talents, our time, our friends, our parents, our housemates, our lover, our kids? What do we do? And so if knowledge is about what we know, wisdom is about what we do with what we know. Now, let me just set a bit of a scene for us as a church. Obviously, we've just come through this incredibly penetrating series on gracism. So there's a backdrop there where we've been looking to really uh, develop and grow in terms of our understanding uh, around um, God's heart uh, for people of every tribe, tongue and nation. We've looked to work out what it means to celebrate and to build the diversity that's among us and to hold on to and guard jealously the, the unity that Jesus has won um, for us. But we've learned some big things over this time. And so wisdom, as we go forward now, wisdom says, I'm not going to allow that to just be a preaching series. I'm going to think about how this penetrates every part of my life. And so some of the things that have come up for us during this season would be, for example, building deep relationships with people different from us. That was one of the things that really came through, that it's not enough to be, it's not, it's not enough to be friendly um, on a Sunday or in a meeting, that as good as that is. That actually all of us crave something beyond that. We crave relationship. We crave to be to know and to be known, to love and to be loved. And, so, and, and how easy it is to default to do that with people that seem or look or appear to be more like us. And so the big one of the big challenges that went out for all of us is will we invest in deep relationships with people who are different from us? And whether we do that or not is a difference between wisdom or folly. We now know. The importance of that we've heard that we've got the knowledge but wisdom says this is how i'm going to now order my life these are the choices that i'm now going to make in light of what i know or, or potentially god the fact that god has a special eye to anyone who's in the minority that if you are somewhere and you're in a minority that you might feel somewhat exposed that you might feel somewhat vulnerable and god has a special eye and attention to people in that scenario well, those of us who are in the majority now, there's some knowledge that we have, but the wisdom says, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to show special honour? Am, am I going to bring special love there if I can see that someone in one way or another is some kind of a minority among us, whether that's due to ethnicity or anything else? These are lessons that we've learned, but then wisdom says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is the action that I'm going to take. Also thinking about Christmas as well. Christmas is, at the, at the best of times, tricky for lots of people. There's um, family politics to navigate and um, um, often uh, Christmas can bring up a, as many negative feelings for some as, as positive feelings. Um, but particularly this year, many of us will have interesting conversations ahead in terms of which two households are we going to uh, meet up with and how do we navigate that. For some of us, that will be very complicated. There will be... There'll be deep thought about how, how do we how do I approach that member of the family and how do I find out what they want to do and these are things that are just a reality um, which brings us into 2020 uh, as a whole what I mean this this crazy crazy year you know this year has been tragic for many difficult for most and refreshing for a few how weird is that just stop for a moment just consider 2020 it's just been tragic for many imagine for a moment that you are middle-aged with health complications and your one remaining parent is in a care home and you work in the hospitality industry man straight away what a nightmare year you've had 
You yourself have health complications. You've been shielding, self-isolating, battling anxiety. The one parent that you've got left, you can't go and visit. And then you've lost your job. You've been laid off. I mean, that's, that is the experience of many. That is brutal. So it's been tragic for many. It's been, it's, been, sorry, for, it's, it's been difficult for most. Just these months of lockdown restrictions, it just puts the magnifying glass onto the things of life. It puts the magnifying glass onto stuff in your own heart, into relationships with those that you live with or those you don't live with. You live alone, battling loneliness. You're, maybe you're married. It puts the magnifying glass on your marriage and highlights the cracks and the, 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 the pressure points, maybe kids, maybe you haven't got a garden, you've got kids going crazy, maybe housemates, it was a little bit tense before this all started, but now it's, you know, that's, and, and it's, it's like a magnifying glass that intensifies this sense of pressure. This is the reality of 2020 for many, many people. What does wisdom look like? What is it? Wisdom looks like attending to those things, not burying your head in the sand. Wisdom looks like asking the deep questions. What's really going on there? It's been refreshing for some. Some people were in the rat race. They didn't know how to get hold of their life, introduce any good rhythm. Suddenly they're furloughed and they're like, ah, they got a garden. They don't live with anyone who annoys them. And they're like, this is great. I'm 2020, you feel bad because you know it's really been bad for other people. So you don't talk about it loads. But deep down you're going, just give me a couple more months of this and I'll be... I'll be, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's amazing. What does wisdom look like in that situation? As you think about your rhythms going forward, for, there's, <laughs> there's a lot going on. And, and, and wisdom uh, really is, 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 is a key thing for us to think about. Now, before we get into the specifics, I'm going to, in a moment, introduce two specifics of Christian wisdom, which we're going to really delve into next week. But again, firstly, just to say by way of introduction before we get into that, we all know that many, many leaders from many different kinds of religions have had sages, uh, you know, men and wise men and women who have had insights into life that are very, very helpful. And they just say things, you go, that's a good insight into life. Yeah, I can't, I might not, I, I don't agree with your belief system, but that's a really wise point. Um, maybe there are people that we know that they have actually no concern about god or scripture but you know maybe you listen to them on a podcast because maybe they do something that you do in life you've got a shared interest that they're maybe they're ahead of you in a particular thing that they inspire you and the things they say you go wow that's gold that's amazing and there is a common grace there is there is what we call common grace um which means that god in his goodness um gives sunshine and rain to the unrighteous as well as to the righteous god God shows people things. God, God is there to teach people lessons from life, whether they know him or not. There is things that you can pick up by the common grace of God um, and learn if you're willing to learn from mistakes that can make you wise in a sense. And so what I'm not doing is wanting to throw out any wisdom that's not specifically Christian. Now, there can be a dark side to it, and we'll mention that later. Um, but there's plenty to pick up in life. There's plenty by being an observer in life, by, by watching people and picking things up and having an attentive heart and mind. There's so much that we can learn. And so really, before we even get into the Christian stuff, I just want to commend us to be watchers, to be listeners, to be 
to be looking, how can I grow in wisdom? How can I grow in the skills of life? What can I learn from what happened there? What can I learn from the fact I'm getting a little bit older now and I've seen some things happen repetitively? What can I learn? And not to just kind of um, walk through life, not reflecting, walk through life, not thinking, walk through life, not giving thought to stuff. No, no, let's let's allow just um, the common grace that God gives us as humans made in his image, the insight and the understanding. Let's let's be open to that and let's take that on board. But what is unique about Christian wisdom? I would say it's fundamentally two main things. One is the fear of the Lord and the other is the cross. And these two things mark out Christian wisdom. And I'm going to spend a few minutes on each and then we're going to respond. And then next week we will go into this in, 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 in some more depth. The Bible says Psalm 111 verse 10, Proverbs 9 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now that word beginning is a very, very important word. And here's why. The Bible, scripture, is interested in our starting point, or to use a different word, our foundation. Now this is absolutely huge. Your foundation. The Bible compares our life to a house compares our life to building a house. There are many different illustrations the Bible uses. One of them, particularly when talking about wisdom, is to do with building a house. That is the illustration that is used. So for a moment, let's just get into that thinking. Think about the life that you are living, building a house. Obviously, the starting point of building the house is the foundation. Proverbs 24 verse 3 says, By wisdom a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And by wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. Now, I want to read you a scripture that we're going to focus on for a few minutes. Um, in the New Testament, where all of these threads come together. And it's from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to read verses 24 to 27. These are the last verses in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount you'll find in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And Matthew recorded it. Jesus walked up, um, ascended a mountain, sat down, and taught his disciples these incredible things over these three chapters. And this is what it ends with. It's brought all the teaching, and then it ends with this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. Now, in this passage here, all the threads I've mentioned up till now come together in this passage here we see wisdom and folly we see the idea of how we live being likened to building a house but notice this as well we see the doing element remember what i said at the start knowledge is about what you know wisdom is about what you do with what you know and jesus says here everyone who hears these words of mine so that has the knowledge and does them and he can the two men he compares have both heard it's not that one doesn't have the knowledge, they both have the knowledge, but he compares one who hears, 
and does and one who hears and doesn't do. And so you see the whole idea really coming together here. And the fear of the Lord is at the center of it all because Jesus says these words of mine. These are the words of God. Jesus said, if anyone has seen me, they've seen the Father. Will you take me and my words seriously? And so it's a very, very penetrating and powerful passage for us. But in the simplicity about it, Jesus says, will you trust and obey? And so often we, we can complicate it. What do I feel about this? You know, how does this make me feel? Or Lord, but, but why? And these, it's not wrong to ask those questions. But very often when you trust and obey, a lot of those questions actually get answered. Because in the doing is the building. And in the building is the safety against the storms. Both men in both houses endure storms. And really when this COVID thing hit, I remember being in conversations, people saying to me, you know, how's the church doing? And what are you doing about it? And my, my main response was, it's a storm. You don't build foundations in storms. You sit tight and hope you've built a good foundation. <laughs> so that was really my comment. You know, um, what this season will demonstrate is how we, as individuals, members of Rev, and as a church, how on what foundation we've built, it will tell. It's, you don't go out in storms. You don't go running out of the house and start digging. <laughs> you don't do that. It's crazy. You sit indoors and you go, I hope we're built on the rock. And, you know, I would say definitely for me, there have been, you know, elements in my life through this season where you just go, hmm, there's something foundational to look at there. There's something foundational I need to look at, I need to think about, because that's wobbly. This season has made this part of my life a bit wobbly. And at that point, you ask foundational questions. Am I built on? What am I built on? Yeah. And it's important that we do that and that we don't fear doing that. And so maybe I just want to suggest maybe for some of you, I want to ask you, maybe give you a little exercise to do. Maybe some of you at that point have going, what do I read in the Bible next? You know, when you've come to the end of a, a book or you come to the end of a particular um, thing you've been doing, Bible reading. I want to suggest to some of you, read for the rest of December, read Matthew 5, 6 and 7. And that might mean that you read Matthew 5, 6 and 7 every day for the rest of December. It may mean you just read and you get up to where you get up to. And when you sense the spirit prompting you, you stop there and you pick it up the next day and you just get around it as many times as you get around it. But the whole time, I don't want you to be looking necessarily for knowledge, but you're looking for wisdom. You're saying, God, what would you like me to do in light of this? God, what do you want me to do? What action? should I take from what I've just read? Because there's so much immense and penetrating and foundational teaching in this sermon. Uh, and so the fear of the Lord really is that is that in us that makes us go, I'm gonna take you seriously, Lord. I'm gonna believe you know best. I'm gonna believe that you are the God of all wisdom, the, the only wise God, this is in Romans 16, the, um, that you know all things. And that when you say this, you know what you're talking about. And therefore, I'm gonna order my life. In light of it maybe for some of you that would be a really helpful way to spend december and to really get into into fresh application of wisdom the second thing is is, is the cross it says in um, 1 corinthians 3 verse 11 for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid which is jesus christ well, what does it look like to lay jesus christ 
It's the foundation of trusting and obeying is a really important one. But let's look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 to 25. It's very important. And this will also begin to just highlight the dark side of worldly wisdom. You know, there's the common grace of God that we can learn without being believers. We can learn things. But there's a dark side to it as well, um, which we'll see here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. What a scripture. <laughs> in a nutshell, we can delve into this more next week. But in a nutshell, what it's saying is, is that the world in its wisdom has got no room for God. The world wants to learn some life skills so it can get on and do well and, and make the most out of the time given. But the world in its wisdom doesn't want to know God. Um, other than as a, a religious appendage or other than as a lucky charm. Or other than as just someone to have in my life to bless me. Um, but when it comes to a true knowledge of God, the world doesn't like it. It's inconvenient. It's inconvenient to submit your wisdom and your will to the wisdom and the will of another. And so we go, no, I don't like that. And so, but what did God do? God said, I'm going to find a way of just really um, pulling the rug out from this pride, this, this willfulness. And he, the Bible says that this, this message of the cross, which the world looks on and says, what is that? And I don't know about you, have you ever been sharing the gospel and you think you're hearing yourself and you're going, this, this sounds ridiculous. How can I be saying this message changed my life forever? You know, to make somebody got crucified 2000 years ago, you know, you can sound utter foolishness. And the Bible says, yeah, that's actually the point. You're not supposed to make it amazingly satisfying on a worldly wisdom level, you just declare it and the Holy Spirit owns it. And, and to those who are being saved, the Spirit of God comes and it, they go, I get it, it's a revelation. It's a revelation, it's, a, it's total to the world, the worldly mind stumbles at it, falls over, trips up, says like, that can't be it, that can't be it. It's too simple, it's too simple, it's too offensive, you saying that, that I, that I need that, that someone's blood was shed on my behalf. You see, there's a strength about it that it, it offends. But what it does, if you let it, is it, it pulls everything out. You go, well, why? Why would God want to pull everything out? Here's why. Because that's the only way you get to lay a foundation. You cannot lay a foundation if everything's not been poured out. You can't lay a foundation kind of on another foundation. It's not a foundation anymore. So in order for Jesus to, in our lives to be foundational, there's something about it whereby just the reality is, is that it is, it is in and of itself, absolute, the message of the cross becomes absolutely fundamental to everything we are and everything we do. It's in John chapter 1 verse 12 that um, he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But to as many as received him, to those who believed in his name, gave them the right to become children of God. 
And once you just finish on that, and just even to sing in a moment a song that just emphasizes Jesus, our cornerstone. But just for a moment, just let's just stop and I want you to see the beauty and the simplicity of it. In the context of rejection, God's son comes to his own. Whether that's talking about all of humanity whom he created, whether that's talking particularly about the Jewish people, I don't know. It's, it, it, I think it could be either. Both are true. He was rejected. He, what, the, the Jews did not receive their Messiah. And um, the history of the nations ever since, for a large part, have not received their saviour. But to, but to those who do receive him, and it's as simple as this, receive who believe in his name, that saving faith gives them the right to become children of God. In that moment of just clinging to him with your heart, saying, yeah, I trust in you, Jesus. In that moment, a miracle happens where you're born again and you receive a brand new foundation which you can then look to, to build on for the rest of your days. And it's a foundation that will hold in the storm. It's a foundation that is not dependent on life circumstances. It's not dependent on how functional or dysfunctional your background is. It's a foundation that utterly transcends all of that. And we can build on him. And he will stand firm. And there's something about, there's a, there's a wisdom of, of what, because what, he said, it's just faith. What's, what do I do? You know, there was a, a moment where people said, Jesus, what do we do to do the works of God? He said, this is the work of God. Believe in him and his son. John chapter six. The, 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 the most fundamental wisdom action, if you like, you can do, believe in Jesus. Fall on him. And listen, I'm speaking to those of you who have been believers for decades as well as those of you who are in on this call, you may not even be through as a disciple yet. You may still be seeking, asking questions. I'm speaking to all of us. Let's fall on him. Let's build on him. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep our confidence in Jesus and in the, and in the message of the gospel. Um, because the reality is, is that he will hold, he will stand, and we will come through like gold. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to see. Lord, we are so grateful. You have, you have come to us in our folly. You've come to us in our willfulness. You've come to us in our prejudices. You've come to us in our bitternesses. You've come to us in our small-heartedness. You've come to us in our brokenness. You've come to us in our confusion given us your very best father you've given us your son jesus you've given us yourself how grateful we are how grateful we are and i just want to ask holy spirit that you would magnify the splendor the richness the sufficiency the beauty the compassion the glory and the love of jesus into our hearts, even today, you would magnify. Lord, where we all have felt somewhat that things in our lives over this season have perhaps been magnified. We think, oh, it's a bit ugly. Oh, I didn't know that was there. Or I just pray magnify Jesus into our hearts, Holy Spirit. I pray for those who don't yet know you personally. Holy Spirit, reveal the beauty of Jesus into their heart. They would be born again in a moment. 
And for us, Lord, who have been following for some time, whether weeks or months or years or decades, I pray open our heart freshly to see the beauty of Jesus, to see the wonder of his Saviour. That we'll be filled with joy again. That we'll be healed, Lord, where there's, where there's wounds. Lord, that we'll be restored to strength where weakness has crept in. That darkness will be washed away. I pray for these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I expect you, O oh Lord, to do these things, for these are good things. These are things that you want to do. Help us to open our hearts. Help us to lay aside everything that would get in the way of you working in our hearts freshly today. In Jesus' name. Amen.